today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. Jesus said, my joy I give unto you. My peace I give unto you. I have his word that he's given unto me. That's a winning combination. The peace of God, the joy of the Lord, the word of God. That's a winning combination. I love, I love the scriptures where Paul talks about we're chosen. Anybody like being chosen? I like being chosen. I remember when I was a kid, I started, went out for Little League baseball. Could hardly wait till I got old enough to go out to Little League. And me and my best friend, Kenny Henner, we, we both went out, tried out for this team. And uh, I didn't get chosen. Kenny did, and I didn't. Oh, it tore me up. I went home crying. Went and went, sat in my bedroom in the floor, and I cried like a baby. And then I, I, I made the decision sitting in the floor there. I said, I will never cry again. Because that coach told me I was too little. I, I asked him, I said, sir, I didn't know it had anything to do with your size. I thought it was your ability. I can play as good as anybody that you chose. And you didn't choose me because I'm too little? Boy, it tore me up. And I, I, I hated from that moment being little. Now you have... You have to understand, I haven't been always the big hunk of a man I am today. <laughs> I used to be little. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> no, I, I was little. You know, you don't get the picture. I weighed 95 pounds when I graduated from high school. That's little. The girls were bigger than me. <laughs> Started college at 101 pounds. Carol and I got married. I was 114 pounds. I looked like I was 14 years old. <laughs> you should see the wedding pictures. I looked like I was 14 years old. And I had this chip on my shoulder. I thought everybody that looks at me thinking, he's little. Boy, and he little. <laughs> it's a good thing Jesse DePlantis and I didn't know each other growing up. Because he was little. We'd have probably beat each other up, <laughs> trying to prove who was the biggest, you know. <laughs> and and uh, I, went into, I went into boot camp, the Army. I weighed 116 pounds, I believe it was. I came out weighing 121. Those three squares a day was good on me, praise God. <laughs> Amen. That's little, folks. When I went to work with Brother Copeland, I was 20... Five years old, I think, 24, 25 years old. And I, I didn't even weigh 130 pounds. He used to tell people, I've lost in weight three men the size of Jerry Savelle. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that coach told me I was too little. Not being chosen was heartbreaking to me. Now, some people think that, you know, little kids, you just kind of overlook those things. They, they don't really have any feelings. Oh, yeah, I had feelings. It, it, it marked me. And then a couple of weeks later, uh, another man said 
uh, we're going to start another team in the same area. And if you didn't make that team, come out and try for our team. Well, I made that team. In fact, Kenny, he didn't want to play for the team that he was chosen to play for. He, he, we always played on the same team. So he came over to that team. And, and I was a left-handed pitcher. We played the team I was too little to be chosen in the playoffs, and I pitched, and we won. <laughs> we won. And that coach came to my house during the, the, during the offseason and said uh, to my dad, I want to talk to your son about playing for us next year. I heard my dad talking to somebody, and I came out of my bedroom. He said, uh, son, uh, this man wants to know if you'll play for him next year. I looked at him, I said, and I turned around, I said, no, dad, tell him I'm too little. I'll never play for him. <laughs> and I never did, and we beat him every year, praise God. Amen. But I like being chosen. Do I look 14? <laughs> look at those ears. Man, what's happening to this? <laughs> you can take that off the screen now. <laughs> that one too. Look how pretty Carolyn was though. <laughs> Have you got a more recent picture of us? <laughs> but the point was, being chosen, it makes you feel special. You know, and it wasn't long after that, I don't remember too many times that I wasn't chosen in anything I pursued. And I didn't realize that it was the favor of God. Even before I came to the Lord, the favor of God that was on my life chosen. We are God's chosen. We're God's peculiar people. We're God's special treasure. He claims us as his very own. Tell somebody, I'm really feeling special right now. <laughs> and you should. You should feel special. But it's not because of anything you've done. It's because of what Jesus did. Amen. It's because of what Jesus did. Don't, don't allow anyone to convince you that you aren't special to God. You are the love of his life. Start believing the prayer that Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, verses 20 and 23. Jesus said, neither pray I for these alone, talking about his disciples, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Well, you and I, are a product of the word they preached that went down generation after generation after generation and finally reached us. So Jesus is including us in this prayer. And then he says, Father, show them that you love them just as you love me. First time I read that, I, I, I thought it was a misprint. How could God love me as much as he loves Jesus. But that's what Jesus said. And you need to start believing that prayer, that he loves you just as much as he loves his son, Jesus. Now, if you're not feeling special by now, you're not listening. <laughs> Say it with me, I am the object of God's affection. Amen. Glorious way of living. 
Verse 8 in Ephesians chapter 2 says, and all we do from the message translation, all we do is trust him enough to let him do it. That he wants to bless us with this glorious way of living. It's God's gift. Can you say amen? amen. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24, once again from the message translation, everything con connected to that old way of life has to go. Get rid of it. And then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life. I love that phrase. Notice, a glorious life or a glorious way of life. And now he's talking about a God-fashioned life. I think a lot of people are living beneath their privileges. That's right. Amen. Amen. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, <clears throat> verses 6 and 7 says, don't let yourselves get taken in by smooth religious talk. Don't even hang around with people like that. That's what's happened to the body of Christ for the most part. They've allowed smooth religious talk to deceive them into thinking they're worthless. They're not valuable to God. They don't mean anything to God. But that is contrary to the truth. Can you say amen? amen. Now, how do we enter into this glorious way of living, this God-fashioned life. Well, let's go to the book of Proverbs for a moment, Proverbs chapter 3. Well, let's begin with Proverbs 4, and then we'll go back to Proverbs 3. Verse 20, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life. Notice they produce life. What kind of life? A glorious life. What kind of life? A God-fashioned life. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life, put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. So notice here that it takes attending to God's word, getting it into your heart, refusing to accept the lies of religious tradition. That's how you enter into this glorious way of living, this God-fashioned life. That's exactly what I did 52 years ago. When I found scriptures like this, I immediately realized that if I'm ever going to enter into this glorious way of living and this God-fashioned life, then I'm going to have to put the Word of God first place in my life. I'm going to have to make it final authority. I can't allow religious-minded people to frame my thoughts or direct my paths or determine my destiny. And they'll do it if you let them. Amen. Amen. That's right. But I had to attend to God's word. What does it mean to attend? You know, if I, if I ask someone, uh, I'm going on vacation next week, which I am. Well, week after next. <laughs> Would you please attend to my house while I'm gone? Would you, would you watch over my property while I'm gone? 
Well, if I come back and I say, did you watch over my property? Well, I thought about it. It crossed my mind a couple of times. I knew I needed to because you asked me to. I just never got around to it. That is not attending. And that's the way some people treat the Word of God. I thought about it. I intended to. I knew I should have. That's not attending to God's Word. And if that's your attitude about the Word, then it's understandable why you're not living this glorious life or this God-fashioned life because it requires attending to the Word, filling your heart with the Word. Can you say amen? Amen. Learning how to talk properly. Amen. That has everything to do with it. These are principles from the Word of God that will produce this God-fashioned life, this glorious way of living. Now, back up to chapter 3. And I'm going to, for the sake of time, I'm going to read from the classic Amplified, uh, chapter 3 and verse 1. My son, forget not my law or teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of a life worth living, these shall they add to you. A life worth living. I love that phrase. A life worth living. You know, a lot of Christians can't say they're living a life worth living because so many are just existing. They're just barely getting by and they don't think that life could get any better. Well, trust me, it can and it does. But, you know, it's not going to happen automatically just because the Bible says there's potential for you to experience this. You got to do something. You got to be more than a hearer of the word. The Bible says, Jesus himself said, you got to be a doer of the word. James picks up on this and says, if you're just a hearer of the word, then you're deceiving yourself. But you got to be a doer of the word. And then you'll be blessed in all your deed. You'll begin to enter into this glorious way of living, this God-fashioned life, this life worth living. Can you say amen? amen? And you know, I can't do it for you and no other preacher can do it for you. I can, I can be an example, but I can't make you do it. Amen. If I could, I would, but I can't. And the uh, it, it comes down to how desperate are you to change? I got desperate because I was just existing. And I got desperate. And the first time I heard Kenneth Copeland back there in February of 1969 talk about some of these things, I realized that it can change. I can change. My life can change. But it took more than just saying that. I had to do something about it. Amen? And I did. In fact, I became what I considered to be the most hungry person on the planet. I couldn't get enough. 
And the more word I got into me, I began to see changes. And the more word, more changes. The more word, more changes. The more word, more changes. And I'm still living that way 52 years later. And praise God, I can say without any reservation, I do live a glorious life. I live a God-fashioned life. I live a life worth living, praise God. In fact, there are people who actually envy me. <laughs> Amen. And they should be envying you as well. Are you still here? So, I learned from those early days. Uh, I remember the first time I read this verse, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Let's go read it instead of me just quoting it. Let's read it. Joshua 1, verse 8. This will produce this glorious life, this God-fashioned life, and this life worth living. This book of the law, or you could say the word. The word shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Day and night. Not occasionally, day and night. Well, I lost my crowd. Not just on Saturday night before you come to church on Sunday. Day and night. Day and night. Everybody say day and night. Well, I can't do that, Brother Jerry. I mean, I got to work. Well, I work. Oh, no, you just preach. Follow me. I bet you there's not 25 people in here that can keep up with me. I work. You go to bed at night. I'm up praying and studying. I don't have eight to five job. It's all day long. That's my wife. She wakes up in the morning and I'm in the study with my head in this book. She goes to bed at night. I still got my head in this book. Now I do things in between, you know, but I work. And if I've got time to get in the Word and the kind of schedule I keep, then you do too. In fact, God arranged for 24 hours. He figured that was enough. So it could be that you're wasting a percentage of it. Ooh, let me go on this side of the auditorium. That didn't go over wood over that side, Vic. We waste a lot of time. You sure don't have any problem having time to worry. You don't have, you, you don't complain about not having enough time to complain. <laughs> I need more time to complain. I wish there was just a little more time in the day so I could worry more. No, you don't, you don't do that. If you have time to worry, you have time to meditate on the word because worry is meditating on what the devil says. Let not this word depart out of your mouth. Talk it all the time. Meditate therein by day and by night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, then, not until then, not until you've done what we just read. And then, 
You shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. Hallelujah. I found that verse 52 years ago. And I said, that's the key. If I learn to talk the word, if I learn to do the word, if I learn to meditate the word by day and by night, then I'm going to have prosperity and I'm going to have success. Hallelujah. And the Amplified includes, and you'll deal wisely in the affairs of life. Amen. Amen. So there it is. What are we going to do about that? God's laid it out for us, but he's not going to do it for us. Can you say amen? Amen. This really is a good sermon. I wish you to (laughs) respond a little better. Praise God. Now, the message translation says in Joshua 1, 8, make sure you practice everything written in it. Then you'll be, or then you'll succeed. Make sure you practice everything that is written in it, and then you'll succeed. That's being a doer of the word. I learned that more than 52 years ago, and praise God, I'll say it again. I'm living a glorious life. I'm living a God-fashioned life, and I'm living a life worth living, praise God. Now, Acts chapter 20, which as you know, is one of my favorite chapters, the writings of the Apostle Paul, talking about adversity. And his, this was a man who was certainly acquainted with adversity more than you and I will ever experience. But his attitude was, none of these things move me. None of these things move me. How do you get to the place to where nothing Satan does moves you? How do you get to the place where bad news doesn't move you? Amen? We all hear bad news. Yes, sir. You know, Jerry Ann told you this morning some bad news they had would, even though they had insurance, still come a hundred and one thousand dollar bill that they had to pay? How do you get to the place where you just look at that and say, none of these things move me? Well, that's just not possible, Brother Jerry. Oh, well, I need to take that scripture out of my Bible. It is possible. If you're full of the word. Amen? If you're full of the word. Now, it's not going to happen overnight. It's something you develop, get to the place where none of these things move me and nothing steals your joy. <laughs> Are y'all still here? Did you go home? That's, that's part of this glorious way of living, this God-fashioned life where you can get to the place where nothing moves you. I remember the first time I heard Kenneth Copeland say that, I didn't realize he was quoting Smith Wigglesworth. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe, and I believe the Word of God. And the first time I heard him say that, I said to myself, I'm moved by everything he's not moved by. (laughs) What I hear, what I see, 
and what I feel. But I also said, but I'm going to get to the place where I can say, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. And I'm not moved by what I hear. And I got there. Hallelujah. I, I, don't, I don't have down days. I don't have down days. I have opportunities. I just don't get down. I get down, but I don't get down. <laughs> Vic's, try, Vic's trying to teach me how to get down. You know? I just don't get down. I don't, I don't have sad days. I don't get depressed. I have opportunities. I just don't take them. Amen. Jesus said, my joy I give unto you. My peace I give unto you. I have his word that he's given unto me. That's a winning combination. The peace of God, the joy of the Lord, the word of God. That's a winning combination. And when you have it and you learn how to operate in it, you just don't have down days. Are you ready for more of God's goodness and favor? Begin expecting the God of more than enough to show himself strong on your behalf. Today's special offer, the Abundant Overflow Package, contains Jerry Savelle's three-part CD series, The Life of Faith, his new CD series, Hate That's the Favor of God, and his inspiring book, Living God's Abundant Overflow. In this package, Jerry teaches how to operate in real Bible faith, how to press into God's promises, what a lifestyle of faith looks like, and why many don't experience God's favor. Don't limit God or hold back any longer. Discover how you can expand your faith and see God's abundant overflow in your life. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Abundant Overflow Special Package. Discover the practical information you need to lay hold of all God has for you. Order now and begin to receive more of God's goodness and favor. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on Adventures in Faith. It's been a joy and it's been a blessing to be able to share the Word of God with you. And I'm believing that each and every time you watch our broadcast, that your faith is going to go to another level. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So I'm expecting your faith to go to another level and it's going to take you to victories over the world like you've never experienced before. We've been talking about living in God's abundant overflow. That's the title of my newest book. And then right along with it, the Life of Faith, three CDs talking about the life of faith. I've been living by faith for 52 years. I know a little bit about it. And I know that these messages will enable you to develop a strong, uncompromising faith. And then one of my newest series entitled, Hey, That's the Favor of God. The Lord told me years ago, every time you experience the favor of God, stop right then and say out loud, Hey, that's the favor of God. And if you'll do that, then you'll begin to expect it to show up in your life more and more. So if you'd like these resources, go to our website, jerrysavelle.org, or the information should be on your screen. Order them right away. 
And we look forward to sharing again with you next week on Adventures in Faith. And remember, until then, your faith will overcome the world.